Excuse me. Good morning. And we welcome all of our live streamers that are watching this morning. Amen. Uh, how many of you are blessed this morning? Amen. Listen, I don't know about you in Psalms 122. It said, I was glad when they said unto me. I don't know. Are you glad? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. This is a place where we've come to enjoy the presence of Almighty God. This is a place where we've come to enjoy one another. In the presence of the Lord. To see the Holy Spirit and what He's going to do and how He's going to move in our life. This morning, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to open up to Isaiah, or excuse me, let's go to uh, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5 first. Ephesians chapter 5. While you're turning there. Father, we just come to you this morning. Praising and thanking you for who you are and what we possess in you. Greater is truly he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you, Lord, that we are the blessed as we've come in. We're the blessed as we go out. We are the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. We thank you, Lord, for revelation, knowledge, and insight. Because you have made a way for us to be able to receive what you have in your word for our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we are truly blessed and we receive revelation knowledge because our minds are stayed, our spirit is open, receptive, and ready to receive what it is that you have for us this day. We give you all of the praise now. We give you all the honor and we give you all of the glory for it. In Jesus' name and everybody that's in agreement, say amen. 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 Praise God. Also, Pastor Justin is in Africa right now. Amen. He sent me a text this morning from Africa, and he says, I'm praying for you. And in turn, I said, we're praying for you as well. Believing God for the supernatural abilities that God has placed within him. His assignment there is is absolutely enormous, what God is going to be doing in and through him with the people that he is ministering to, the, uh, the statesmen that he will be around and everything else. We're so grateful and thankful. And so, Pastor, we say blessings to you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to share with you, just uh, for a short little space of time here, about the true signs of a Spirit-led church. True signs. And the first one is real simple. We have to be a singing and a worshiping church. Well, we've already demonstrated that a little bit this morning, but we need to be more than just in in service here. It needs to be all the time. Number two is we need to understand that we're a thankful church. That's a sign in your life, in my life, that we're uh, part of a spirit-led body of believers. How many of you know you are the church? It's not just the church building. Thank God for the buildings, but you're the church. If we didn't have you, then we wouldn't have anything that was alive and moving, breathing and having its being. And number three is recognize the need for and to the, to one another through mutual submission in Christ Jesus. How many of you know being submitted one to another in the fear and the presence of Almighty God is part of our repertoire? We have to learn to be able to love one another the way Christ loved us. 
That was the command that he gave us, was that we would love one another. This morning, I want to emphasize to you, though, on the very first part of being led by the Spirit of God in singing and worship to the Lord. So in Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start at verse number 17. He says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Say, I'm being filled with the Spirit. Uh, if you go in and get the full definition of that, it means to be keep being, 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 being filled. Keep being filled over and over and over and over. It's every day, every moment that you possibly can. It says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another In the fear of God. Singing. Psalm 22 and 3 says. But thou art holy. O thou that inhabits. The praises of Israel. How many of you know that you're spiritual Israel today? We have Israel. But we're spiritual Israel. How many of you have been tapped into the vine? You're a part of the vine. He's, He's the vine. We are the branches. He's the head. We are the body. You can't go anywhere without him. Your life is in Him. It's, it's your life being hid in Him, in Christ, the hope of glory. Without Christ being the center part of your life, how can you enjoy the fullness of everything that God has and the rest of the body as well? How many of you know you're appointed and anointed? You have an anointing upon your life and you're appointed. Every time we come together, it's called the corporate anointing. There's something that is unique and special about that anointing. That anointing is so supernatural because you add to it. How many of you know the body itself, it joins with one another, each joint supplying the need. Whatever your need is in life, whatever my need is in life, I need you to help me to fulfill my destiny and my calling in life. I can't make it without you. We can't make it without one another. There is no such thing as a spiritual lone ranger. You just can't be out there by yourself. You're vulnerable for attack. You're open prey. How many of you know the thief comes to steal? He comes to kill and he comes to destroy. But the Lord, he said, I've come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Everybody say, I want more. More life abundantly. I want that because he, everything that he has for you and for me, he's already done everything through Jesus. Jesus came and he said in Matthew chapter number uh, 5 and verse 17, he said, I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets. I've come to do everything to fulfill it for you so that because you couldn't do it. How many of you know you couldn't live by the Ten Commandments? They couldn't live by the Ten Commandments in the Old Covenant. 
much less could we live by the Ten Commandments. So Jesus came and fulfilled everything that had been lost in the garden. He brought it back so that you and I could enjoy the full benefit of it. Amen. Paul said in in Galatians chapter number 2 and verse 20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus did it all. There is not anything that God is going to do anymore. That may sound strange to you, but God has finished his work. When Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished, he meant exactly what he said. He's not going to heal you. Don't get quiet on me. He's not going to heal you because he's already healed you. He's not going to do it. He's not spilling one more drop of blood. His blood satisfied the gavel of justice. And when God put his gavel down, he said, it is finished. There's not anything that you can do to make it any better. You can't pray long enough. You, some people say, well, you got to pray harder. How do you pray harder? Please explain to me. How do you pray harder? Mm. Mm. No. Jesus has already done it. It's complete. We have to get a revelation in here that it is complete. When we understand that what Jesus did for us is complete. He's already taken care of our financial need. There are things that we have to do. I'm not saying there's not things that we have to do. But we have to cooperate with the word. As we cooperate with the word, then we get the word's results. You work the word, the word works. You don't work the word, the word don't work. It's real simple. It's not hard to understand. Go with me, if you would, to Psalm number 81. Psalm 81. Say, Jesus is Lord. Psalm 81. We want to talk about this first part. I think this is all we're going to get to this morning. This first part, singing and worshiping the Lord. He said in the last day, he said, the true worshiper will worship me in what? He said in spirit and in truth. Paul said, I pray in the spirit. But he said, I pray. He said, I pray in the spirit and I pray with the understanding also. I sing in the spirit and I sing with the understanding also. So it was a constant thing, obviously, of Paul's life. But singing is such a vital part. How many of you sing in the shower? How many of you? <laughs> how many of you sing in your car? How many of you'd rather no one be around when you sing? Because you're not sure you can carry a tune. But I want you to know every every word that you speak out of the Word of God and every song that you sing and expression to the Lord, it's like a sweet savor to Him. Amen. He makes it all blend and sound just right. He's awesome. 
He's awesome. Psalm 81 says, sing aloud unto God. Now, those of you that sing under your breath, he said, sing aloud. You know, you, when, when your children get out of, out of line, sometimes we raise our voices, don't we? They get a little bit louder and everything else. Uh, well, he says, sing aloud. He says, I, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. He said, sing aloud. Sing aloud unto God, our strength. Make a joyful, not an awful, but a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Go to Psalm 95. He said, O come, verse number one, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful, notice that word, joyful. Noise, make a noise, get it out, to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Go with me to Psalm 100. Just laying a little bit of groundwork here. Psalm 100. He said, make a joyful, what kind of a noise? Joyful. A joyful noise under the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with what? With thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. How many generations? To all generations. How many of you know that on the highest holy day, that the priest would go up the steps into the temple area, but they would take them one step at a time. And as they went up one step at a time, they would worship the Lord. It would take them a length of time to get up the steps, but all the way, they're worshiping the Lord and magnifying His holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, let's give the Lord a good shout of praise. He deserves it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, he says, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. We'll read it again. He said, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. Go with me now to Psalm 150. I like this psalm. I like them all, but I like this one. This is a real directive right here. She just, Cassie just talked about it just a little bit earlier of one of the particular things. He says, praise you the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his sanctuary. Now, where is the sanctuary? Right here. Praise the Lord in his sanctuary. 
He says, praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him in the mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the, uh, the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Amen. Now, how many of you saw in the, in the scripture there, it says, praise him with a dance. Praise him with a dance. Well, you know, we have pastored for 41 years. And out of that 41 years, we've had some exciting things happen. I mean, some very memorable things, really hilarious things, some real serious things, but some really hilarious things. And so I want you to know that church is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a place where you can let your hair down, where you can enjoy life and everything that's in it. Well, in one particular service that we had in the first church that I pastored uh, in West Texas, uh, there was a gentleman that came to our church, very sophisticated young man, and he sat up on about the third or the fourth row in, in the church, and, and he during praise and worship, he was rather stiff. He never lifted up his hands and praised the Lord or anything like that. But, but I mean, you could tell he was sincere. He was singing with, with his heart and, and everything else. But there was no outward expression, you know, from, from him. There wasn't really any of the clapping of the hands or the lifting of the hands. He had not learned yet. And most of us have not learned yet that, you know, we, we only fly the flag at half mass when people die. When he says lift up holy hands in the sanctuary, he doesn't mean this. He means this. Amen? And if you want to get real precise, you can do surrender like this. I surrender. But anyway, this young man, I noticed it seemed like that the the Spirit of God was moving upon him and and uh, because he was doing some things a little bit differently than he normally, normally did. He was getting his hands up about half mask. And the next thing I know, he comes up into the, the center aisle, and he begins to come down the center aisle, and he comes right up in front of the church. And, of course, by then, everybody had lost their attention about serving and worshiping the Lord. They got their attention on this young man. Well, the next thing I know, that this young man, he bends over, he reaches down, and he crosses his hands, and he starts doing the Charleston across the front of the church. He goes across the church doing the, the Charleston and everything. And, and everybody's looking at me like, Pastor, do something about this. That is secular. Why are you letting him go just continue to do that? And, and I'm like, hey, it's God. It's God. I, I know that that may look to you like just a secular thing, but for him, he's obeying God. It's all he knew. It's all he knew. And God met him right where he was at. While he's doing the Charleston, the Holy Ghost moved and it sapped him and knocked him. Nobody's standing behind him. Nobody's supporting him, holding him up. He just hits the deck. Because God was doing something in that young man's life. You know, you haven't walked in the shoes of the one that's sitting next to you. You don't know where they've been, where they've come from, what they've been through. 
and sometimes the release that we have, some, we got to be able to feel free in the house of God, especially to be able to see what God is doing in the midst of us. Amen. We were honored and privileged to go to Catherine Kuhlman's meeting. How many of you have ever heard of Catherine Kuhlman? Catherine Kuhlman had one of the most uh, magnificent healing ministries uh, in our time period. Anyway, we were there at the service, and I went there as a skeptic. Diane had been, we, we had heard that she was in Houston at the uh, Coliseum there. I'd seen her on TV, and when you can watch TV, you can flip it off and flip it back on. So when she would come out and twirl and do all of her things with her little sashes and stuff, I would turn her off because that turned me off. So I would turn her off, and then in a, like a minute, I would turn her back on just to hear what she had to say. But we went to the Coliseum. Diane and some of our friends talked us into to going. She didn't have to talk Diane into going. She's been wanting to go. But me, being the skeptic that I was, I didn't want to go for a show. I wanted to see the real thing. I'm young in the Lord. I wanted to see the real deal. And so I went, and we sat up in the top of the Coliseum, and we were looking down because all of the bottom floor was designated for sick people. And ambulances were pulling up at the entrance of the auditorium and unloading people and just loading them down into that area. And there were gurneys everywhere. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people with doctors and nurses and everything that you can possibly think of. With all the equipment, people had IVs, all this kind of stuff. But anyway, to make a long story short, there was one man in particular that I got focused on. He was laying on a gurney. There was a doctor right next to him checking his vitals constantly. A nurse on another side, and he had all kinds of IVs running into his body. I just got focused on this man. And during the course of the service... Something began to happen. This guy was totally comatose. And all of a sudden, I saw him move. And I thought, something's going on there. He sat up on the gurney. He pulled out his IVs. Doctor trying to stop him. Nurse trying to stop him. Pulled out all of his IVs. Sat up on the gurney. Got off of the gurney. And how many of you know that the little... Gowns that they give you at the hospital. They have nothing in the back. He's standing up there. And it's like he's on his tiptoes. And he starts to move forward. Well, somebody sees all of that and they get a coat and they put it over him. And he's headed up towards the front. And when he gets up to the, to the stage, the doctor was with him. And Catherine Kuhlman ushers them up to the platform. And begins to share about this man. This man was there. He was in a comatose state. His family had requested the hospital to release him, to bring him to Catherine Kuhl's meeting because he was in the very last stages and moments of life. He was expiring. He was on death's door. And the doctor said, I don't know what's happened. 
other than it has to be a miracle. Because this man was in preparation. Everything was shutting down. And he said, we didn't even want to bring him because there was no use. How many of you know it's always time for God? Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. The reason I told you that story was, is what, cre- what, what, what happened was there was a creation of an atmosphere that became conducive for God to move in. Not by the preachers. Not by Jimmy who came up and sang. Not by Dino Carsonaca who played the piano magnificently with the anointing. It wasn't those that, that did it. It helped in it. It was the people. The people came with such expectancy. They came with anticipation. They came to see. They came to, to see the reality of what God can do. They wanted to see the sick healed, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak. Those that disease, that were diseased for them to be set free. Those that were in wheelchairs, that they would come out of their impairment and stand to their feet and walk and worship and glorify God, going into the house of God, praising Him. And that's what happened. It was created by the people. It's got to be created by you and I. If you want to see signs and wonders and miracles to the magnificent level that God wants us, we have to create the atmosphere. That's the reason we have to become worshipers ourselves. We have to become praisers ourselves. We praise something every day. But he wants us to focus. You shared about David. David followed after. He got so excited. He got so excited, he walked himself right out of his clothes. Right out of his clothes. And his wife looked out, marveled at him, and she became disgusted with him. He didn't get disgusted. He was dancing and magnifying and glorifying God. And you and I would have said, no, that's not, no streakers in our group. But he's a king. He can kind of do what he wants. And listen, we got a king that did everything that he needed to do so that we didn't have any wants. All of our needs were supplied. You are the healed. You are the delivered. You are the righteous. You are the blessed. You're full of faith. You're full of power. You're full of joy. You're full of peace. You've got all of the ingredients that are necessary to create that atmosphere that becomes conducive for the power of God to move. The anointing is within you and within me. We create that anointing that becomes conducive for God to move in. Proverbs 17 and uh, 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart, one that's joyful, one that's excited. Are you excited this morning? Are you joyful? Do do you need a healing? Do you need a deliverance? All you got to do is just let go of the joy. Amen? Just let go of the joy. In 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse 5, it says, You also as lively stones. Notice he didn't say deadly stones. Lively. How many of you, everybody loves uh, Jesse Duplantis. He is so, he is so lovely. I don't know why he gets so many letters. 
that are sometimes negative, but it's because he, he's, he's so exciting. He's so, he, he's, he just can't help himself. He just is who God made him to be. Dr. Savell said it so well. There's only one, Jesse. But that's okay. There's only one you. There's only one you. And that anointing that's inside of you is just as mighty and just as great as any of the great names that we've ever known. It's just what you and I allow him to do with it. As lively stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ or by Jesus Christ. Well, if I've got a merry heart and it's good like a medicine, then I should be able to take some of my gospels and be able to get everything that I need. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon him and with his stripes. I am the healed. I'm not going to be. I am the healed. By his stripes, you were healed. He came to will and to do everything that you have need of in your life. The peace of God that passes all understanding is to rule your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Nehemiah, last portion of that verse in chapter 8 and verse number 10, says, For the joy of the Lord is my strength. You need strength? You need strength? What do you, what do you got to go for? God says the joy. Take the joy that God placed. How many of you know that's one of the fruits of the Spirit? The Holy Spirit, when he came into your life, he brought the, the joy with him. Amen? He said, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. In Isaiah 12 and 3 it says, therefore, with joy shall we draw. With joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. You know what you need to do? You need to take that bucket, that joy bucket. And just drop it down into your heart and pull up all of those good nutriments that God has given to you and to me. Because we are heirs of salvation and everything in salvation is included with our healing, our deliverance, everything that we have need of in our life. But you and I have to do something. we got to drop down the bucket. We draw from that. Out of thy belly shall flow rivers... Of living water. Where do you think that is? Well, it's this. Yes, he said, from thy belly shall flow the rivers of living waters. With healing in his wings, he is made available to you and I. Everything that we'll ever have need of. There's not one thing that you have need of that he hasn't already supplied it in one way or another. It's finished. It's a completed task. It's a completed part of what God has for us. Now, go with me to Joel. I want to close here. 
How many of you know Jesus endured the cross with joy? Despising the shame. He endured the cross with what? Joy. Why could he endure such a, a, a travesty as what he went through? How many of you know he suffered? He suffered. The blood that he poured out, I mean, literally, his, his heart burst within his body. And what ran down the, into the streets of Jerusalem was that blood that he emptied himself out of. He became sin. He was not a sinner. He became sin who knew no sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. You are righteous whether you accept that you're righteous or not. You are the healed whether you accept you're the healed or not. You are the delivered whether you accept you're delivered or not. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out whether you accept whether you are or you're not. Because the word declares it. He endured the cross with joy. You know why he endured the cross with joy? Because he defeated the devil. The devil overplayed his hand. It said if he hadn't destroyed the Lord of glory, if he hadn't taken him to the cross, see, Jesus baited him and he took the bait. Jesus had to go to the cross. He knew he had to go to the cross. He was satisfied with going to the cross because he knew that he was coming back. He never doubted for a second that he was coming back. Because he told them in advance, you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise that thing back up again. God will raise me back up. It's hard to understand that he was the son of man, but he was the son of God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. That's the reason he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, the works that I'm doing, he said, I'm not doing them of myself. Of myself, I can do nothing. This flesh can do nothing. But that's not what I'm living by. Paul said, that's not what I'm living by is by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm living by that faith, the same faith that Jesus had. I'm living by that same faith. And we look at Paul's life and he was in every type of calamity you can think of. Jesus was tempted in every point that you and I will ever be tempted in. Says so. There's no temptation. But that which is common to man. Jesus was tempted in all those points. Joel chapter 1 verse 12. He said, the vine is dried up and the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree and the palm tree also. And the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered. Because. What's the reason? Because. Joy. Is withered away. From the sons of men. Number one. Spirit led sign in your life in my life that I've got joy I've got the joy 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 where down where I've got the joy 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 down in my heart where down in my heart to stay 
And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the joy of Jesus in my heart. I'm so happy. How many of you sang that in, in Sunday school? I didn't get to sing it in Sunday school. I got to sing that in church. I didn't, I didn't go to Sunday school when I was a little kid. I wasn't raised up in a, in a church home. I was raised up in a heathen home. I was purebred heathen. And when I was 21, Jesus came into my life. Amen. I invited him into my life. I used to say all the time, when I found you, he was never lost. He was always a present help. He's always been right there. Amen. Diane kept trying to get me into church, kept trying to get me into church. And I'd go to church with her occasionally because I wanted to sit by my lovely bride. Or at that time, she was my girlfriend. My fiance, my, my fiance. She was my high school sweetheart. We will be married 54 years. Amen. And that's my, one of my daughters. It's Tiffany. Those of you who do not know her. But I want you to know this much. That the Jesus that lives and dwells on the inside of you wants to do great and mighty things in you. Yes. Amen. Can I have the music team come real quickly? I don't want to close the service without giving you an opportunity and let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do in your life. He wants to touch you in every way and any way necessary or needed or possible. Doesn't make any difference what your need is, whether you need a healing, whether you need deliverance. Just a word of encouragement. He wants you to be touched this morning. I have three things in particular that the Lord spoke to me while I was praying. Number one, if you have any form of cancer in your body, please come forward. Go ahead and start coming now. You have any cancer in your body or you've been diagnosed with something that is of a cancerous nature. Cancer is a thief. It's come to steal. It's come to kill and to destroy. But the Lord's come that you might have life. Amen. Number two, if you are having eye problems, you could be totally blind. You could have cataracts. If you have any type of an eye situation, how many of you know the Lord said that He can be the eyes for you? Amen. I came one time, someone was giving that offering to come and, you know, take off your glasses. He said, matter of fact, take your glasses and just throw them. Get rid of them. He said, because God's going to take care of them. Some of you can just step on them and crush them. Well, I was one of those simple people that said, okay. So I took my glasses and I threw them as far as I could throw them. But how I many you know, there's got to be more than just that. You've got to have faith and confidence and believe that He can do anything. There is nothing impossible to the Lord. Absolutely nothing. Doesn't make any difference how many times you've been prayed for. The Lord wants to do something supernatural in your life. And the last thing is, if you're having spine problems, spinal condition of any kind, 
come up here. Let's let us pray for you. If there's any other condition that we didn't name and you need prayer, please don't hesitate. Come on up with us right now. Pastor Rick, Pastor Diane, Vic, Joseph, won't you come up and let's pray. Art, you and your wife, Rose. Believers are receivers now. You got to, you need to be up here because you believe that the Lord will meet you right at the point of your need. Go ahead and start praying. Just start at one end. And just...